Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Otafu Susume, or Recommendations for My Otaku Spouse. I'm Wesley. And I'm Jen. So let's get started. Now, Jen. Yes, Wesley. Before we get into this one. Okay. A couple of questions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Have you ever watched or played, I guess, anything about sports of your own volition? Yes. Is it air gear? No. That isn't sport. I it's, used about, to... it's about roller skating, isn't it? Not really. Air gear's about panty shots. Fair enough. But... Extreme sports. Extreme then. sports, <laughs> yeah. No, when I was in elementary school... Oh, God damn it, you've got me... When I was in primary school... Elementary school. <laughs> when I was in primary school, I was in the football club. Well, that means you played sports. Yes. You asked if I played sports. I said sports. if you'd ever... Oh, I meant video games. I meant video games. Sorry. Oh, played any video games or have I seen any TV shows about sports of my own volition? Of your own volition. I.e. not sat down and made to watch your Mishy Pedal. Yes. No. <laughs> no, I have not then. <laughs> and we have established that you have participated in sports. Yes. Would it be... Not for very long, but I technically participated. Would it be safe to say that of all the sports on this planet, mm. there is none you dislike more mm. than English football? Yes. I hate it. Like, just loathing would be a good word, correct? Uh, yes. Yes. It comes on and I'm like, oh god, there they go again, pretending to fall over and hurt themselves rather than play the actual game. So you don't watch sports-related media. Nope. And you detest English football. Mm, that's a very strong word, but yes. <laughs> Why? Well, so on this episode of Ultifu Sisume, <laughs> we've watched the first season of Ted Lasso about an American football coach. Yes. Who goes to England to coach English football. Yeah, real football. Quick disclaimer. To all the Brits, we might refer to the unholy sport of soccer. And to all the Americans, we might occasionally refer to soccer as football. So, well, let's just say, let's just pause say, the, pause the tape. Pause the tape. No one uses tapes anymore. Pause the podcast. Go retch in your bucket, just preemptively, and then come back. Why don't we just say we'll call it American football and football? Why don't we say we call it football and soccer? Because that's not what it is. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a football coach training football. Yes. Right. So there shouldn't be any problems, right? Yes, except for the fact that you've now set it up that I absolutely detest football. So obviously I must have detested te Ted Lasso. I, I was just setting a stage. I was not. I was in no way trying to influence your opinion of the TV show. And we are being timely, Johnny on the spot here, because we've only watched season one and season two just finished and it cleaned up at the Emmys. <laughs> yep. So we need to watch season two. So how did you get into watching a show about a sport you hate? <laughs> it was a recommendation from a friend of ours. It was. Yes, and it wasn't from me and it wasn't from you. So another friend was like, hey, have you ever seen Ted Lasso? I think Wes would really like it. And that's a high recommendation because Wes has very, I wouldn't say high standards, he's just picky. Rude. <laughs> Am I wrong? Discerning taste, yeah. I believe, is the word we're going for. Yeah, picky. <laughs> so you're really picky when it comes to the media you watch. <laughs> so the fact that a friend was like, oh, I actually think Wes would really, really, really like this. I was like, oh, okay, 
Maybe I'll run it by Wes. I was like, Wes, have you ever heard of a show called Ted Lasso? It's about an American football coach going to the UK to to train, you know, a real football team. Soccer. Yeah, that's what I said. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually very confused when you asked this because the name rang a bell, but not as a TV show. Because Ted Lasso, nine years ago now. Wow, nine years ago. I think it could have been eight. Might be eight. I don't know. But a while back when they were trying to push the Premier League top flight English football in the U.S., Ted Lasso was a character made for a couple of ads that ran on NBC Sports, who was going to be showing it. And it was the same thing. It 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 wasn't the same thing. <laughs> it was an it was, American football It was, it football was the same coach actor who, and the same character. Yes, but very different. Because we, after we watched some of it, I showed you those old ads. Mm-hmm. And you can see the spark that became the TV show, but like the character himself is quite different. He's more American stereotype in the ad- advertisements. <laughs> yeah. Whereas he feels more like a character in the TV show. He feels more human. Yes. That, that's what I meant by a character. Yeah. yeah. He's more fleshed out. But so, yeah, I stuck my head in your study and was like, hey, have you ever heard of Ted Lasso? And you were like, the adverts? (laughs) Adverts? No, I mean the TV series. (laughs) I had not. Not whatsoever. And neither had I before then. And so all of a sudden, we're watching a show about football. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not really about football. It's not. Which, to me, as a big fan of all sports, which surprises some of our friends sometimes, no, literally all sports. Every sport under the sun you're a fan of. You know the rules for everything. You know the rules for like Aussie football. Aussie football's amazing. And I don't understand how. But okay, yes, carry on. So you have a weird obsession with rules and sports. And so I was actually a little let down that it wasn't more about football. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel that sports in themselves have a lot of room available for drama without needing to add more. And there was a lot of untapped ground in there that they could have used as opposed to some of the things they did. They focused more on the human aspect. Yeah, I think if they had focused more on the sports, then it would have clashed with the human aspect. And it would have been the human drama versus the sport drama fighting against each other. And I don't think it would have worked. I think they had to go with one or the other and then really lean into it. I think... I don't know. I feel like you could mesh them, though. So the guy who is one of the driving forces behind Ted Lasso, I mean, the big driving force was, I'm going to get his name wrong, Jason Sudeikis, who is the actor who plays Ted Lasso. And he and the actor behind Coach Beard created the characters for the original shorts and then revamped them for the TV show. But they were working with a producer called Bill Lawrence, who to me is best known for another sitcom, Scrubs. Really? Yeah. Huh. And I feel now, admittedly, Scrubs had like nine eight seasons, seasons and then a ninth season that's supposed to be unmentioned. It's one of those types of things. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Don't- Like um, like the ending of Game of Thrones level unmentionable? Kind of, yeah. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. It's a sore spot from what I gather. I haven't watched that much Scrubs. I've watched a fair bit, though. But I feel from- that That's a lot more time to spend. But I also feel that they- Like, I'd say Ted Lasso is set in a football team- Whereas Scrubs actually, I feel, meshed the hospital with the human aspect more together. I really don't think they did. I don't no. think they did much doctoring. 
Maybe. Patients were involved, but I don't think they did any doctoring. I suppose, but I feel like some of my favorite episodes really did do have a lot to do with doctoring. There's one with the three transplant patients. That's an amazing episode. I did know. No. And there's one with Brendan Fraser. I haven't seen Scrubs in years. Oh. Everyone loves Brendan Fraser. But I haven't the seen Scrubs in years. The episode with him in it is... I mean, it's a meme now online. Anyway, we're getting off the subject. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, I wish there'd been a little bit more football. I mean, they do play football. They just play it off screen. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't need to see them play more football. But I do feel like there's a lot of drama inherent in a failing team. And part of that could come from my background, where my favorite baseball team <laughs> is... <laughs> Apparently the worst team in the whole of America. They're having a bit of a slump. For the last 20 years? 21 now. 21, yes. <laughs> okay. Sorry. See, I know just about enough about some sports to be able to hold a vague conversation. You know enough about sports to stick me where it hurts. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get for being a Mariners fan. That is what I get for being a that's Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but the show Ted Lasso does really focus on the human aspect of it. And I feel that they had a really good cast of characters for that. And applicable to us, there were Americans and there were British people. Yep. And, and there were actually a lot of Europeans and, and Mexican and... Um, African continent and a variety of people. But yes, it was based in England and it was about British culture and Americans being thrown at British culture and being very confused. And it was hilarious. That's just because it reminded you of when I first visited. Yes, it was hilarious. <laughs> like when Ted Lasso's wife turns up and she's like, do they really wrap fish and chips in newspaper? I'm like, I'm pretty sure I remember Wes asking me that exact same question when he came to visit me for the first time. And I was heartbroken to find out that you don't. No. No, you don't. I don't know why every American knows that, but we do. And I, I don't know why every American knows that either. It's so weird. At least I got you to enjoy tea, which Ted Lasso does not. He does not. He has a very strong distaste for tea. But I think there's a reason behind that. He's American? No. And it leads to one of the things that I really did enjoy about the show, in that... There's a lot of kind of quick cultural gags, but then there's also just the show moves a mile a minute, but not in a way that it's always waiting. It's always like just hanging there waiting for you to get the last joke. Uh, there's so a unlike lot of, Scrubs with the hanging and the canned laughter. And, wait, was there canned laughter? I don't think Scrubs had a laugh track, thankfully. But You're just misremembering Friends. Friends had a laugh track. Um but so, you know, they're kind of throwing a bunch of things out there. And if you get it, it's a bonus, but the story can move along without it, without mm -hmm. you really missing anything. And I really did enjoy that because it kind of forces you to pay attention without straining you to pay attention, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so like the scene, you get in that first scene pretty much when he's meeting Rebecca mm -hmm. and there's Coach and Higgins there. And Rebecca introduces Higgins as the current head of football operations or whatever and higgins goes current yeah <laughs> and it's a, you know there's so there's little jokes like that but in that scene we get to a bit that it's when they first mentioned that ted doesn't like tea and there was this great little bit that i love in that as any british person does rebecca offers him tea mm -hmm. and asks how he takes it mm -hmm. but she doesn't actually care no what is he's gonna say because she's already handing him the tea 
Oh yeah. She's already oh, courted. Yeah, she is. She's not she's not doing any she's just handing him tea. And so she doesn't actually care what he's about to say. She's gonna give him the tea and it doesn't really matter to her. Which is a quick, deep insight into the character of Rebecca and what she's doing at the time. I mean, you already know that she has no good intentions at that point in the show. But it's kind of reinforcing that in a very passive-aggressive manner. But at the same time, what Ted's saying is, you know, I would love a coffee loaded up with milk and sugar so that I can't taste any coffees there. I think I've met one British person through you that has ever taken uh, tea black. Oh, God. Who's that? I I actually can't remember who that might have been. I don't know. I think I just... Someone once had it. Like, I... I know someone who has their tea with, like, seven sugars. But that's what I'm saying. Like, Ted Lasso doesn't like coffee. He likes all the stuff in the coffee. And so when he's saying he doesn't like tea, he keeps trying tea black. And if you go from milked, sugared, not not tasting coffee, coffee to tea black, you're going to think it tastes like garbage. That's abs- that's a really good point. I but, didn't, didn't catch that. You know, I've met – there's tons of British people who are like, oh, yeah, I want milk and honey or sweetener honey. or sugar. No, 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 people, no, 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 okay, no, no, no. I've seen people put honey into when they don't put milk in. Maybe if they have a cold. Oh I don't God. think I know anybody who put honey in. What the heck? I'm sorry. I'm ruining everything. You here. are. It's milk and but, sugar. But even so, I've seen people like trying to be healthy. so much – you can go around on that, but I've seen so many like people will just load it up with milk and sweetener until you wind up with something that's practically white and tasting like sugar. Yes, it's tea. Well, that if that's what you like in coffee, why wouldn't you like that in tea? I think the original point that we were trying to make was that there are so many little tiny jokes in here that are catered for both Americans and Brits. That there were a couple of times when I was laughing and you didn't get it, and there were times when you were laughing and I didn't get it. And we yes. had to explain it to each other, even though we still have been exposed to each other's cultures. And and I think I got a lot more of the American jokes than a lot of Brits would get if they've never been to America or hung out with Americans. And and I didn't pick up on that slight bit of passive aggressiveness because it was going so fast. And you're British, so it doesn't come off as passive aggressive. It's just culture. Correct. We It is what, maybe... Not a week goes by that you and I still don't find something that's different between our two countries. Yeah, we've been together for, what, over a decade now? Yeah. I'm, yeah, it's impressive. When are you Brits going to get it together? Us? Yeah. Uh, one, another joke from the first episode. How many countries are in this country? Yes. Four. Four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we call our states, but it's pretty much the same problem. Yeah, at least we only have to deal with four, and you have to deal with... 50? There you go. Yes. <laughs> and then a city that wants to be a state but isn't. Washington, D.C. Oh, okay. Yes. So mentioning the wide array and cast of characters, did you have a favorite amongst the lot? Oh, I want to say Ted. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a bit of a basic person. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to say Ted. <laughs> What is it about Ted that makes him your favorite? He's just, he's nice, but he's not so nice that he'll let anybody walk all over him. And he's just a genuinely kind person and just genuinely funny. Kind of reminds me of you. <laughs> You're looking I don't at think I make nearly as many pop culture references. No, but you do make jokes. I do, it's true. And so, I don't, but he also... He cries, he gets angry, he gets drunk, he panics. He's just 
he's human. And I think he's one of the most nicest human characters out of everybody. Roy is a close second, though. (laughs) (laughs) It is interesting with Ted in that kind of visually and the outgoing appearance is very Ned Flanders. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I, I mean, not to really... Ned Flanders is a cartoon, because I was about to say, but Ted Lasso is more fleshed out in 3D. But <laughs> Ned Flanders is a cartoon, so that's a stupid thing to say. <laughs> I don't know. Ned Flanders was kind of flat. Why <laughs> He had some good character growth when his wife died. Wait, Ned or Ted? Wait. Ted's wife's not money? dead. I know, and I'm joking. <laughs> uh, but that was seasons ago. She's anyway. just went to live on a farm upstate. Ned or Ted? <laughs> yes. Uh, so, but you were possibly going to say that Roy was your second. Roy was a close second, yeah. And I'm guessing Roy was your favorite. The or the mean, gruff footballer. Yeah. Mm, maybe. Okay. Because when okay, one of the quick things is that the great thing about Roy is that he is a mean spirited. Well, not mean spirited. He's just mean and grumpy, and he swears a lot. But you can tell he has like a heart of gold. Yes. And and he always means the best of people around him. I think that's a good way to describe him. I also I really like Higgins. He's much more of a bit character. Like Roy is gonna well, his actor won best supporting actor at the Emmys, but he he's definitely much more of a driving force in the narrative, whereas Higgins isn't. I think Higgins had more character growth than growth than Roy did though. You think so? Yeah. I don't think Roy needed to do that much changing. I think he didn't need to do much changing, but he had to realize what he could do. Mm. You get the whole subplot in there where Ted gives everyone books and the book he gets is Wrinkle in Time to try to learn that what it can mean to be a team captain. Because he's already team captain and you can already see him putting some of that into use with trying to stop people from bullying Nate the Kitman. But there's so much more there that I think that he does get some growth. I think some of it comes at the expense of comedy, or some of it that should happen is lost because of comedy. Because of comedy, which is a shame. I think that's kind. Of, you can argue that about Higgins because, like you said, he was a bit of a bit character, which means that every time he's on, he basically gets proverbially beaten because everyone just makes turns him into a joke, and it's kind of sad. I like Higgins though. I like him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You get little glimpses into his home life as well. Like with his family and everything. I mm-hmm. He was just a really fun little character. And I do like... Yeah, his family felt very British. Very British. So who is your least favorite character then? I want to say either Rupert or Roy. Wait. Roy's is the uh, least Sorry, Jamie. Jamie. Jamie, sorry. I was about to be like, hold up. <laughs> Best and <laughs> worst just... in one go. <laughs> no, I meant Jamie. I running the gamut. I, 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 again, I know it's kind of basic, but for the reasons I like Ted, the same reasons I don't like Rupert that he is completely the opposite of Ted. He's just not a nice person and he will do everything he can to make other people feel like shit. Yeah, yeah, he is definitely a piece of scum. Yeah, but that makes him a really good bad guy. It does. Damn it, Giles. I was like, when we saw him, I was like, I recognize that actor. Why do I recognize him? He looks familiar, but he also doesn't look familiar. I looked it up and he's Giles from Buffy. No, he said evil. I haven't thought about Buffy since the 90s. Rip. <laughs> Wait, no, no. It shot up on Twitter again like a year and a half ago because I talked about making remake. Oh, God, no. Please I, don't. I don't know what, where it went, but I just remember it did pop up briefly into the social conscious again before singing back into the, the Bray Tarpets. 
Woo! Like all the other extinct dinosaurs. <laughs> so who's your least favorite? It's so I like growth in characters. Mm-hmm. And Rupert, for, it's weird because I just said I liked Higgins, but I feel that you see a lot of growth in Higgins over his character, despite the fact that it's a bit wrong. Rupert is the villain, and mm-hmm. he's just kind of the villain, and so when he sits around being smarmy and doing shit things, making people feel like garbage. So he does a great job of being a villain, but he doesn't. He he, he doesn't matter at the he end of the day. He doesn't matter. Yeah. He set things in motion by cheating on his wife, and he shows up. He set things in motion by getting caught cheating on his wife. That's true. And then he just kind of shows up occasionally to make her feel like shit so that the characters can react to her feeling like shit. But so despite liking character growth, I actually... It's weird because, okay, so I'm trying to get around saying Nate. Because I liked Nate at the beginning, but then as he started growing as a character, he started revealing traits that I didn't like about him. Like just being rude? Yes. mean? Yes. And I didn't like that. And I didn't like how the other characters didn't react to it. Mm-hmm. So, like you were talking earlier about how Ted Lasso isn't just the jolly, affable American stereotype, and he can show you know he can be frustrated and angry and drunk and all sorts of things. And there's a scene that I love when he goes out when he's trying to figure out some way to motivate Jamie and help the team while he's doing it, and then Jamie like fakes injury, and he comes out and he gives him the Allen Iverson practice ran. Yeah, which I had no idea about. And you were like, hang on a second. I know this. I've heard this before. Yeah. And it, it they did a great job at taking the rant and almost flipping it to show, you know, it was a, it was a very good sports moment for me for saying there wasn't enough in the show. And they have all of that. And then afterwards, he goes storming back in the office. And Nate has this line where he's like, oh, it felt really good to see Jamie taking down a peg like that. Because Jamie was one of the key instigators for his bullying when he was a kid man. And even though he's angry, Ted Lasso turns around. I can just call him Ted, I guess. I don't know. It's weird. But <laughs> Sometimes he, you have those people who you just have to say their last name. He turns around and he goes, even though he's angry, he still turns around and he's like, no, no, no. This is a no shot in front of zone. We're just not going to take like pleasure in other people's pain. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the exact line from Avenue Q. But just to further expound upon it. But then... Like an episode or two episodes later. That's true, yeah. They're uh, encouraging Nate to... To bully people. To bully people and take yeah. everyone down a peg. Yeah. Like, they, they're they in Liverpool for the Everton match. And he, Nate had given him a sheet of paper on what he thought for the players. And then Ted says, well, I can't say this, but you can. And he goes back to him to read off the team. And having been in a professional work environment, the things that he then proceeds to say to the team are nothing that you write on a paper to give to anyone else. No. That's like... None of that should ever be in writing because that is an HR suit just waiting to happen, <laughs> like 100%. But beyond that, Nate goes in front of the team and instead of just giving some sort of speech or some sort of critique or anything, he just tears into him. It's like a roast, but not one that they consented to have upon them. Like one mm-hmm. of the characters when he realized what's happening is like, oh yeah, roast me. And then he just tears them apart. So, you know, there's pseudo consent there, but it wasn't like, yeah, we're walking into this knowing what's going to come. And it wasn't really even a fair critique of their abilities. It was just him swearing at them. And just generally being a little shit. Yeah. And then at the thing at the end of it is the coach of the team, Ted Lasso, walks up, claps on the shoulder and goes, like, felt good, didn't it? He's reinforcing that it's a good thing to feel, to make yourself feel better by tearing other people down. 
which just seems so antithetical to everything else that's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I didn't like the Nate character in that. And I think he responded to that. I mean, his first react now, like I think the next episode or two episodes later, Nate is under the belief that he got fired without being told, which is a very emotionally charged thing to have happen. Mm -hmm. And he responds to that by immediately personally attacking his boss verbally, which the extenuating circumstances of you think you're fired are one thing. But this is also someone who couldn't even look that person in the face at the beginning of the show. And so his empowerment throughout the course of the show seems to be in attacking people, mm. which goes directly counter to, like, I think... This is a non-Schadenfreude, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you look at what I think you've said was one of your favorite scenes, which is the dart scene. Yes. Yeah, so my favorite scene, because my favorite character is Ted, and my least favorite character is Rupert, and so the, the dart scene... It's just so well done in that Rupert is antagonizing Ted and Ted is like throwing darts at a board being like, uh, so how do you play darts anyway? By the way, if I, do you want to play a game? If I win, you leave Rebecca alone. And if you win, um, I forgot what the condition was. You can pick the starting lineup for the last two games of the season. That was it. And he's like, yeah, sure you're on. And then like Rupert takes out a shiny box of fancy darts and Ted goes, oh, wait, I forgot I'm left-handed and like hits a bullseye. And then just that whole scene is is them going backwards and forwards and Ted saying how everybody has always underestimated him because of his personality. And he learned not to care what people think. Hmm. And because people underestimating him wasn't a reflection of Ted, it was a reflection of the people who were judging him. Yes. And it's like, oh, so good because it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> And so, yeah, you make a good point with that comparison to, to Nate, then judging everybody around him and tearing them down. Yeah, the, the line he uses during the dirt scene is, be curious, not judgmental. Yes. Yeah. No, Ted, don't teach our Nate bad radders. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's not... Oh, bad habits. Just Ted doing it. Mm, it's everybody. Because there's another scene that when I first saw it, it made me laugh. But then when I thought about it more, I just I didn't like it. Which I think it's right around that same period. I kind of get all the final episodes blurred a little bit. <laughs> we into, we did kind of binge watch the whole thing. You know, general narrative movements, mm -hmm. I remember, but exact splitting it into chunks, I don't. And there's the whole bit with the Diamond Dogs, mm -hmm. the little self-help group that they make mm -hmm. after the Liverpool trip. And when I first saw it, you know, I was kind of laughing and it made me laugh because it, it kind of ties back to what I was saying where you're sacrificing character development for comedy which in the show you have to be very careful about because it feels like a big driving part of it isn't the football, it's the character development. Mm -hmm. And when I looked back on both of the Diamond Dog scene, I decided that they're both horrible. How so? So the first one is right after they get back from Liverpool. Mm -hmm. And Ted just had a one-night stand. And he's clearly feeling really uneasy about it, torn yeah. up about it, and he talks to Beard about it. And, you know, he's kind of like, I'm going to tell you what happened, and then we're never going to talk about this again. And then he tells Beard, I had a one-night stand, and Beard goes, you want to talk about it? And he goes, sure. So I use the word before, consent. And that's a big part of any of these types of things. If you're talking to people about these things, the hope is that, you know, that's how it's going to go. And then the next scene is you see it's him talking to Beard, Nate, and Higgins. So the assumption is off screen. The other two got dragged into the conversation. Everyone's fine with him being there. 
totally fine. He's explained what's happened to the group of them because they're all aware. And their advice is just, who cares? Get over it. Yeah. And that's not good advice, but that's where they leave it. You know, they kind of have this whole little three-way joke where he's like, you know, one of them mimes a pair of scissors and then they're like, so you can cut yourself yourself some slack. Yeah. Yeah. So they kind of turn it into a big old joke, but it's clearly affecting Ted to some level that he was quiet for a five-hour bus ride. It it matters more to him than just get over it because that's not very helpful. So. And if it was just a one-off, that would be fine. But then we lead into the second part of the Diamond Dogs, which is when Roy comes for help. And that one slightly annoyed me more because Roy has been opening up to Ted throughout the season. You know, he starts off not wanting anything to do with him. He's tired of this Yankee Doodle Dandy coming and preaching Pollyanna bullshit, all that good stuff. <laughs> um, but he's slowly more opening up to it and realizing that they're it's not how he's done things in the past. It's not traditionally how English football happens. You know, there's a culture that this is antithetical to, but there seems to be some validity to it and it's working and it's making the club work better and all those types of things. So he is opening up to him when he comes and talk to him about it. And without asking, Ted says, oh, I'm going to get everyone else in on this. Mm, yeah. Which at the beginning, you know, when I'm looking back over, I'm like, well, okay, I don't like that because- they didn't. He didn't get permission from Roy to consult other people in this. Yeah. And then secondly, I feel that Roy had a very valid concern in that scene. And again, they just blow it off for comedy. Because mm. this is right. You know, he's in the burgeoning stages of relationship with Keely. And Ted decides he knows what the problem is and tells him it's not a problem. It's all in your head. Get over it. Mm. But he's not curious. He doesn't actually figure out what the problem is. You know, he's being judgmental, not curious. He's he's being judgmental and saying, well, you're just a man who's upset that this woman you're thinking about dating has had previous sexual encounters and therefore that it's because you're sexist and you shouldn't be sexist and get over it. He's being very judgmental about that because what Roy's problem isn't that she's had sexual encounters, it's that she had one the night before as a tool of revenge because he didn't answer a text. Mm. that's a very valid concern when you're thinking about walking into a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a big red flag before a relationship. And this is a sitcom relationship, so it's either going to be played, you know, like a sine wave of constantly arguing, making up, arguing, making up, because that's how sitcom relationships work, or it's going to be either crash and burn, or it's going to be perfect. There's like the patterns for sitcom relationships. But if it was a real relationship, that would be a major red flag. That would be a major. Yeah. That would be kind of a, oh, maybe you should think twice about before doing it. Mm. Because, I mean... Which I'm, he does. Like, it causes him to think twice, despite the, you know, advice that... But then that's... That, like, I guess that's my problem, is that because of the advice he gets when he goes back to talk to her, he makes a big show of apologizing and all this. Yeah. And she never does. Mm. Ten minutes earlier, she's sitting there saying... I slept specifically with someone that I know you hate because I was angry at you for not answering a text message. And when he goes back, he's just like, I'll get over you having a prior relationship with someone that I hate. But they never address to me what the big issue is of that. Mm. And I didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) But saying that, there were so many good scenes. Oh, yes. And I think that was one thing about the overall story that we both picked up on that we didn't mention earlier, with how it reminds us a lot of very similar movies. Yes. Yes. Both of which are movies that you made me, I mean, had me watch, watched with me, 
sat you down on a sofa, tied you down. Yep. Maybe watch it. Eyes open, dropping in <laughs> saving solution now and then, like Clockwork Orange. Yeah, I've I've not seen that. Thank goodness. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know I know the meme because I know the picture. But anyway, anyway, but the movies that it reminds us of is Mr. Baseball and Major League, which yes. are also two baseball movies because, of course, you're a fan of baseball. I love baseball. Even if you're a fan of a really it, bad team. It hates me. Aww. <laughs> but if you've never uh, seen Mr. Baseball and you love Japan, go watch Mr. Baseball. Highly recommended. It is about an American baseball player who is sent to Japan, even though he has no interest in Japan he's ever been. He doesn't know the language. And so it's very much a fish out of water, adjusting to a new way of playing, a new culture, New people, new land. It it does a better job of feeling lost in translation than the movie Lost in Translation did. I'm missing Lost in Translation. It's awful. Don't okay. watch it. Mr. Baseball did a much, much better job. And so it felt very much like, you know, Ted coming to the UK. Well, I say coming. I mean, going to the UK is kind of a parallel on the main character from Mr. Baseball going to Japan for sports reasons. Yeah. Although Ted is more voluntary. It is. But I also... One of the things that I liked about the two, and one of the things that I think you and I both picked up on with Ted Lasso really quick, is that you can tell that some of the writers in Ted Lasso are British. Oh, yes. So many British jokes. And when we started watching, but not even just British jokes, just British culture. Yes. And when we started watching it- Iconic British culture. We hadn't looked at anything. We found out later who some of the writers were. Like the actor who plays Roy is one of the writers, and he's actually British, not just putting on an accent. And so you can- It really feels- authentically British. Yes. For the British 100%. Scenes. And I think that that's one of the good things that you get in something like Mr. Baseball as well, and that there's this definite internet Japan, and it's the weird Japan that exists online, because, oh, everyone knows what Japan is like. And if it's not dark, rainy, neon-lit scenes of a back alley in Tokyo, it's weird Japan. But Mr. Baseball eschews that entirely, and shows you kind of pretty much what it actually Real is like. Real Japan, yeah. And I feel Ted Lasso, I mean, Ted Lasso is really, really clean. Like, you know, whenever they're sitting there outside the pub and everything. Yeah, and you don't see any crap on the floor. Yeah, you kind of look at that <laughs> and you're like, well, this has been cleaned up for television. <clears throat> <laughs> but also, just general day-to-day -day interactions mm. seem to just feel from... Again, my external position and your internal position, but they seem to feel very legitimate. Yeah, they feel legit. Especially in like, a, a, I guess the only thing that doesn't feel real is everybody talking to Ted and knowing who he is because all the locals are all the local football fans. If they were actually in London, none of those people would live close to each other. I, th I feel, but then again, if they were in a small town area that had been swallowed by London, then it is somewhat believable. London is home at the moment, to, I think, seven or eight Premier League teams. Wow. So I think that that would be more localized than you'd think. Because Plus you're going to root for the team that you live by. Yeah. Which makes... Uh, yeah, I guess. I, I don't know sports. <laughs> so, I mean, on some level, some... And he is going to be famous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. He's been on TV and everybody knows him because he's the weird American that's come over. And he's American, which means as soon as he opens his mouth, people are going to be like, an American here, wait, that American. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're a diehard of the team in your local neighborhood where the team is located, that's slightly... I mean, we've been there. I remember we were walking through a town with your sister and she didn't point out the famous celebrity who walked by. 
because we knew the celebrity from a different show than she did. Mm-hmm. So, oh, but there your, are celebrities like w- just walking around on the street. There streets. are celebrities walking around, or uh, your aunt was talking about um, Simon Pegg or someone who lives in their neighborhood. Yeah, but she also lives in the rich end of town. That, that's true, but I'm, <laughs> I'm saying that you know. Yeah, yeah. How? So, oh wait, yeah, we even saw him walking his dog. I didn't. Oh, I don't think you were there that year. Uh, we'll find that. We saw him walking his dog at New Year. So I mean, I, I some of it's made for TV. Some of it I could kind of see. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Actually, it's funny you said about the how Mr. Baseball shows you real Japan and the internet image of Japan being the neon lights and the weird stuff. The neon lights and the weird stuff is lost in translation. Oh, okay. So that's why it's not very good. Yeah, and it's like that stuff does exist, but that's going to be tourist like, Japan. Tourist Japan, Once yeah. you live there, you're not going to... Robot um, strip The robot clubs. strip that's shut <laughs> yeah. down, but... Yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Um, and the other film was Major League. Major, Major League. League. And that, I mean, yeah. I guess the only similarity is the the manager. Manager? Owner? Owner. Owner wants to shut down the team by running it into the ground. Yeah. And... To get revenge on an ex. Was that that one too? No, she just wanted to move to Miami because she hates the... She, <laughs> she was a gold digger and then the husband died, but she hates uh, Cleveland. So she wants to move the team to Miami. Ah, yes. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think also, but I mean, in a lot of sports movies, you're going to get more clubhouse scenes that you are obviously aren't going to get as a fan watching everyday sports because you see them on the field. You don't get to see all the backroom discussions and all that kind of stuff. Which is what Ted Lasso is. Yes, and I do enjoy seeing all that, even though they didn't have your your sports and it made you sad. You're getting your sports with a Netflix show now. That's true. Speaking of which, though, we mentioned your favorite scene. Yes, my favorite scene. Oh yeah, you said your least favorite scene. Or two of your least favorite scenes. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Gotta be negative first. So what was your favorite scene? I think the one that made me laugh the most was there was a really short scene when they're talking about their clubhouse being haunted. Oh, yes. And someone goes, are you telling me we have 400 ghosts? And another guy goes, that's too many ghosts. We cannot fight them all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just died laughing. It, it just... They say it's so straight-faced, even though it's so completely ridiculous. I loved it. Cannot fight them all. <laughs> But no, but I do think, I think my favorite scene, and it comes down again to sports, is the scene when they're in the pub and Ted's dispensing more folksy wisdom. And finally, Coach Beard snaps on him and goes like, damn it, winning does matter. And he finally calls him out on it because Ted has been teaching Division Two college football up until that point or coaching, which, yeah, winning doesn't really – and a lot of American sports, as bad as it sounds, winning doesn't matter because we don't have anything like relegation in America. If you lose all the time, you get a reputation like the marriage of the Cleveland Browns, and all it really mad, all it really does to you is you get a good draft pick at the end of the year. That's all. It doesn't matter. But in England, especially in English football, it matters a whole lot. And so when you have a coach or someone from a team, especially one that you really care about because – in the scene, Beard immediately throws it over to May, who runs the pub there constantly and who is hosting big groups for game days and all that of diehard fans of locals in the area. And she says, like, what does she say? Like, I think she's like, damn straight. Something like that, yeah. And it, it, it does because it is, it's very demoral as a Mariners fan. It's very demoralizing to watch, usually not the players, but like, the front office sitting there going like, oh, well, yeah, we're doing these trades and this and we're building for next season. You just want to like scream at them being like, there's still half of this season to go. 
why should I give a damn about it if you, you don't, don't give care? Yeah. And so I really enjoyed that scene from the position of a sports fan because it felt very cathartic. And mm. that, and because by that point, that was like episode nine or something out of 10 episodes in the first season. By that point, I was also getting frustrated with Ted in that. I think you even said beforehand, he's just treating this like a kid's game. It's, it's annoying. Not. It's, it's, it impacts these professionals' lives. And then five seconds later, Beard goes, damn it, Ted winning does matter. Yeah. And it, it does because and we're talking about Premier League football. This is top flight football in the world. I don't, you know, you can make arguments about the UEFA Champions League or something, but if you're a footballer in the world and you are good and you want to get paid, you go to the Premier League. I mean, there's a reason. There's a reason Keely makes a joke about dating footballers because they're rich. Yes. Because they're rich. <laughs> yeah. And it, and so that was, as I said, just very cathartic for me that someone said it. Because there's a weird twist online nowadays where there's a whole thing that I can get into about this. But basically, in a nutshell, it seems like people seem proud of being ignorant about sports. Mm. Like if you mention anything vaguely sports related on certain websites, people will be clamoring over themselves to be the first one to type, you mean sports ball in the comments. Like it, it's a weird point, like badge of pride to not know about sports, which is just weird to me. Cause I mean like, like, I don't know about sports, but I don't go around telling people I don't know anything about sports. Except for in this case, because we're actually talking about sports. But it's all, it's like, it's like you're trying to tear other people down by dismissing what they like. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, when, if a, there's the joke about, you know, how to mothers, every video game system is a Nintendo, mm -hmm. which I don't think happens anymore. But anyway. Yeah, everyone thinks there's a PlayStation. Okay. But, <laughs> I'm joking. But it seems like the twist of that, because there's always. There's always been and always, I guess, will be the jock-geek divide. And so... Yeah, that's why as so a, many of your friends are surprised that you like sports. Yeah. But it's like, you know, as a kid, geeks get bullied by the jocks. And so then when they grow up, they make fun of the jocks by being what you care about sports, sports ball, blah, 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 whatever. Anyway, what I'm getting at is that, like, Ted seemed to be wearing that same sort of ignorance. Mm. Not in a way to make other people feel bad about it, but just generally being ignorant while being paid a lot of money, presumably, to be a coach. And so in that, a sport that he knew nothing about. In a sport that he but And hadn't learned anything about. Hadn't learned anything yeah. about. And so that that was also in my head coming to a point at that point in time is that I can I think like just before that, maybe in the last episode before that, he had another scene where he's like, I still don't understand the offsides rule. And, you know, there's kind of a joke about offsides and it's nothing like a balk in baseball. But the offside rule isn't that difficult to understand. Especially if you're being paid to coach the team. <laughs> and so that I guess that's just why I like the scene is that it felt very cathartic for me as a viewer and as a sports fan to you always want the best for your team. And when you see someone making a joke of it, it's going to hurt, especially when that person is supposed to be taking care of it. Mm -hmm. Also, you didn't really get much growth for Beard. He's a very strange character. He has his ways. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, though, that that gave him a very strong moment of growth, which I enjoyed. So even your favorite scene reminded you about how frustrating the show was. <sighs> I don't want to put it like that. But <laughs> That's how it came up. <laughs> I just said my other favorite scene was the joke. That's true. 
the show is fantastic, but I'm going to complain about it the whole time. <laughs> wow, are you sure you're not British? Have you been hanging out with me too much? Ten years, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Me being willing to do a dive on something and critique it shows how much I cared. Because if I didn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't give be- a damn. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to critique something that you like. Yes. So there's a season two. <laughs> yes, there's more season two. We need to watch Good Game first. We do. We need to finish Squid Game, <laughs> of which there's been a lot to drama online and we probably won't talk about on this. Oh, we could talk about it on another podcast, eh? We could. Well, another episode. Translation drama. Thank God it's not about Japanese this time. <laughs> this time. <laughs> I feel, I swear, every time translation drama comes up online, it's about some anime somewhere. Except for this time, where it's about Korean. Yay! <laughs> well, we'll talk about that at some point in the future. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ultifususume, a recommendation from my otaku spouse. You can find us online at www.annabrosecreative.com. Or on Twitter at Creative. You can leave comments either on our website or tweet at us. We're always interested to hear what people think about what we had to say. And if you know anyone who's seen Ted Lasso or who you're trying to get convinced to watch Ted Lasso... Don't show them this because this is spoilers. Shit, you're right. Play them, them the after show. them. Yeah, show them the show and then and then play them the podcast. <laughs> Send them the podcast. Uh, well, I've been Wesley. And I've been Jen. Bye. Bye. Bye.